This is FD Talks, a brand new podcast series by Funeral Directors Live, where we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace. Hello and welcome to this episode of FD Talks. Uh, today, we brought back Josh McQueen. Josh is the Vice President of Marketing and Product at Director's Investment Group. Um, had fascinating discussion. Uh, I just wanted to go ahead and continue that and jump right in. For those who haven't watched our last podcast, you going to just give us a little bit of a recap of what we were, we were talking about? Yeah, so in the last podcast, we talked about uh, a study that we conducted over consumers in the funeral profession. Um, and in the last episode, we talked a lot about um, just general trends that we identified uh, within that. Uh, but today, we wanted to spend more time talking through these specific types of consumers that we identified. That's pretty awesome because I know you were talking, you used a term that I'd never heard before. It was psychographic versus yeah. demographic. Maybe you could kind of refresh my memory on what that yeah, was. Yeah, so the the way we dis, um so in marketing, there's a problem with quote unquote personas. And that is often they are based on demographics. And the example I, I like to give is that you can get really specific with demographics. For instance, you could say that this is a man who was born in 1948 in the United Kingdom, grew up wealthy, has been married twice, and currently lives in a castle. And in that example, you can end up with King Charles, and you can end up with Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. And so, so the idea is that no matter how specific you get with demographics, it really doesn't get into the motivations underlying purchasing decisions. And so, again, you have royalty and you have Black Sabbath. And it's those are your differences. And so psychographics really try to get more into that. And so we worked with McKee Wallwork, and they have a proprietary methodology called IDEALS, which stands for Interests, Desires, Emotions, Attitudes, and Lifestyles. And so all the questions that we asked were, yes, we do get demographic data behind it, but we also really start diving into uh, the buying behaviors. And we ask them things like, if a funeral home um, were one of the following brands, which one would you like and we give them options like netflix and ritz carlton and apple and all these different things and we can start getting an idea of who these people are based off of those questions that's awesome so um you know this is called the new funeral consumer let's let's define what a funeral consumer is so a funeral consumer is uh, just generally anyone who's planning a funeral and so that could be uh, obviously a um, a spouse, a uh, a child, a grandchild, anyone like that. So one of the things that was interesting was we actually conducted this study ten years ago, and we identified seven segments. Uh, and what we thought was um, in those segments we had pine boxers, funeral friends, polite farewells, dead enders, solo secularists, and clicking callers, and. What we thought was the first three, the pine boxers, funeral friends, and plight farewells were slowly dying off and being replaced with um, the uh, next three of dead enders, solo secularists, and clicking callers. But uh, And so when we took the data that we recently, the, um, the, the data from the study we recently conducted, we actually did see that that trend was occurring. Um, but what we found is that those uh, unique motivations and the differentiators for those consumers really didn't line up as well today. 
And so if we took a fresh look at the data and said, let's take it through this, let's act like the old study never existed and let's look at this from a fresh lens, who are the consumers that come up? What we found is that there's completely different motivations um, and differentiators than what there were 10 years ago. You, you threw out some terms that I, I, I'm somewhat familiar with, just like you said, a pine boxer. What would that? Yeah. So, you know, 10 years ago, how we defined a pine boxer was someone that was really motivated more by frugality and um, just no frills. Um, we call them pine boxer because they're, the they're the person that comes in and just says, just put, put, me, in a put me in a pine box. It's um, And so same thing, um, funeral friends were motivated by tradition and religion, uh, apply farewells by etiquette and respect for the deceased, dead enders really by the cheapest option available, um, uh, solo seculars by spirituality and eco-friendliness, and then clicking callers by convenience and efficiency. So all those things are still prevalent today. But we're seeing that things um, such as the convenience and efficiency, really not as much as a differentiator today as we're seeing it spread out across um, all different types of, uh, of consumers. Same thing with um, uh, eco-friendliness, for instance. We're seeing a rise in just being eco-conscious across all different types of, uh, of uh, consumers. And so those things really aren't as much of differentiators as they used to be. Wow. And as you were saying those, I was, I had images in my mind of, you know, who I probably know some of those people and I was able to apply those, but I'm really interested to, to, to hear what you've learned. Yeah. So, uh, there's seven different segments and I'm just going to give brief summaries of these, um, cause there's a lot to unpack and what I would encourage and we'll, we'll, uh, link to this within the podcast notes and all of that is, uh, we have a, sum a summary of our study that goes into these in a lot more detail. But generally, um, the first segment um, or the first persona that we identified is what we call the resolute rookie. And in general, this tends to be a younger demographic. Remember that the, this study was conducted um, between the ages of 35 and 69. So uh, what we're seeing, we're really, again, we're looking at funeral planners. So um, even though this is younger, this person is still a millennial. Uh, we're not talking Gen Z or people that are high schoolers or anything like that. But they tend to be uh, younger in general. And what we're finding is um, just some unique things. So they are 252% uh, more likely to say, I don't know anyone who has passed away, uh, which is pretty astonishing. And because of that, um, they are more likely, they are 150% more likely to say that cremation eliminates the need for a funeral service, 213% um, more likely to say that a, um, they do not see a need for a funeral home or a mortuary. And so really the, the big key differentiating factor it, with this group is their DIY mentality. This is the person that you know that um, it's not just for funerals, it's across everything that they're um, the one asking the question saying, why would I go to a mechanic and uh, get them to change out my brake pads when I can just watch a YouTube video and do it myself? And so that's their attitude towards life in general is this DIY. And so they very much take that and they're saying, why do I need a funeral home to help me um, with a service to help me grieve anything? I can just do that on my own. Now, some of that is naivety. Some of it is they haven't experienced death 
in general. And so it's just they don't know what they don't know. Um, but it's an interesting uh, interesting segment to keep our eye on and say that, you know, if this trend does continue in the coming years, you know, 10 years from now, this person is now, um, you know, let's say 50 to 55, their parents start to pass away. Does that continue to uphold? Um, and really the question is, how do we enable their DIY mentality? What does it look like? You know, uh, this, if you bring this specific scenario up, you get uh, mixed reviews, but what if they want to uh, dig the grave plot themselves? Because they have that DIY, DIY mentality. A lot of people are like, no, that's what we do. Um, maybe this person wants to do that. Maybe there's an aspect of this they want to handle themselves. So it's, it's a different way for us to start thinking through who the consumer is. So our second segment is what we call the great expectations. And really the defining characteristic of this group is they have champagne taste and beer pockets. And so they, uh, um, it, it, we, again, we have demographic data. They tend to have a lower um, income level, but they are willing to spend more on a funeral. Um, now, what we're, we find with this group is that they tend to be more motivated by appearances um, and perception. So we see that there's a lot more of this uh, mentality of an attitude that tends to lend itself more to keeping up with the Joneses, if you will. Um, and so this group is 84% likely to say that they are sticklers for good service. They are um, uh, 94% to say that they are. Uh, it's important to research the reputation of a funeral home. And so, but they're also the ones that they want the full white glove service. Uh, and they would say that their most uh, preferred brand, um, the type of funeral they want to work with is a Ritz-Carlton brand, but they also don't necessarily have the income to back that up. And I think right now there's probably a lot of funeral directors that are chuckling at this, um, and we've even had some people internally say, well, that person's Karen. That person is, you know, that what, what social media, what Reddit has dubbed Karen, uh, that they're just, they can tend to be a difficult family. Um, but there's these people, uh, there's a market for this family, for this type of consumer. There's a market for these type of people. Um, and when served well, they can really, uh, they, they want to be seen. They're going to put things on social media. They're going to get your name out there. And so if you serve these people well, um, there is opportunity around that. Now, the third one that we saw is what we call the distance and decided. Um, and this segment as the name implies, they like to keep, and they're really the differentiating factor is they like to keep everything at a distance. And so this is um, probably the most anti-funeral uh, segment that we have, uh, where they are the most likely to say that a cemetery is a waste of land, that viewing the body is barbaric. Um, they, they're 39% more likely to say it's okay to skip a funeral if I just don't feel like going. Uh, which sounds crazy to some of us, but to a certain group, they're like, yeah, I get that. We find that this group uh, often is closer to their pets than they are to, um, uh, to their family, to their community, and it, because they keep everyone and everything at a distance. And again, this is not just funerals. This is their general attitude in life. And so often with this group, this is going to be your direct cremation crowd. And so, you know, in the profession, we talk a lot about educating uh, a family. 
And to a certain degree, there's probably not much uh, educating to do here because, again, they've already decided. They've already made up their mind. There's probably a little bit of stubbornness here where they're just saying, I don't I don't like funeral homes. I'm never going to like funeral homes. And uh, I just give me the quickest, easiest option. Now, somewhat separate from that is the free spirits. Uh, and this is a fun group because their big defining characteristic is an anything goes mentality. And so this is the person that comes into the funeral home and is like, hear me out. What if we put uh, the body on a Viking longboat and set it on fire in the middle of the lake? And they're, you know, they're, there's no judgment, there's no anything. And so um, they're, they're, some crazy stats is they're more likely to have tattoos than uh than other segments um and just in general they're they're more uh less likely to be judgmental and so they they're anything's a good idea let's talk about it um so uh some fun stats around it uh so that one of the things we found is they are more likely to be um atheist um or or agnostic even um but really they don't want religious elements in the funeral service and again they're not going to judge you for having religious elements in a service they just don't want that personally so um but what we found is when it comes to uh funeral perceptions is that they are 68 percent more likely to say it's okay to divide up a person's um, cremated remains 41% likely to say it's okay to have alcohol at a wake or a reception, and uh, 26% more likely to have posted sentiments on a funeral home's website. And so they're all over the place. So this is a fun group. It's a, um, again, that anything goes mentality, and what they don't want is the order taker. And so the funeral directors say, well, are you Catholic? Are you um, are you Protestant? Are you Jewish? What 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 do you want? They're like, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Let's brainstorm. Let's have fun with it. So, now, our next segment is what we call the faith and family, and this is your traditional funeral home family. Um, they are the ones that they very much are defined by their faith um, and by their family, and so they see the value in a funeral. They see the value in a funeral home um, because, in a lot of ways, they see that it mimics the um, mimics a church service and mimics the community and what they feel within that and that a funeral service for them is about bringing their family and friends together to um, recognize to celebrate to mourn um, the person that's passed away and so uh, some unique things here is um, 85% of them obviously believe in uh, a higher power they are 70% more likely to say that funeral homes are a noble organization Um, they are 55% more likely to say it's important to see the deceased um, and 24% more likely to prearrange or prepay for a funeral now you take all that good and some of the challenge and what's interesting is what we see with this group is that they tend to be more blue collar they tend to have a lower income, and so where they love the um, what's considered the quote unquote traditional funeral, um, they often they also don't necessarily have the income to spend on that. And so um, we see this group more generally in the Midwest, um, less on the coast, um, the East or West Coast. Uh, so um, and slowly we are seeing that this group is diminishing. As we talked about in the first episode, as there's a shift away from religion, um, obviously this group um, is uh, slowly decreasing as well. 
Um, now, similar to the faith and family group is the hometowner group. Now, this is, in some ways, they, they are very uh, difficult to distinguish. But the big thing about the hometowner is... Um, they, they very much have this differentiating factor of buy local. Uh, and so they are more likely to uh, frequent the local shops in their hometown. They're more likely to be business owners themselves. Um, you know, they're, they're uh, more likely to, uh, to own an American-made car, for instance. Uh, and so when you ask them about... Uh, about their perceptions, um, you know, they're 108% more likely to use a funeral home that is family owned. Um, so that's a big deal for them. They are 150% more likely to use a funeral home that uh, is independently owned, so somewhat separate um, in that category. So, and 42% more likely than average to know a funeral home or mortuary that they trust because they're in the chamber of commerce and they know the local funeral director. They know the owner of that. And so they're using the people that they have a relationship with. And so this is the one where you're going to the Lions Club, you're going to the Rotary Club, all of that. You are connecting with your the hometowner in your community. Um, and that relationship that you're building is definitely paying dividends. So now the last one that we identify, maybe the most surprising, is what we call the future funerals. As we hinted at in our last episode, this group is tends to be younger, um, and really the differentiating factor is that we're, we're seeing that normally with a younger generation, we've seen over the years that they have skewed towards being more and more anti-funeral, kind of like that resolute rookie where they just don't see the value. What's different is this group really... Um, combines the progressivism of the what's been traditionally the anti-funeral crowd with the traditionalism of the pro-funeral crowd. And so, you know, we're seeing things like we asked the question of uh, how likely would you be um, to use a boutique casket store, a specialty casket store, I think is how we phrased it. We have no idea what that actually means, but this group overwhelmingly liked that question. And so this is your craft beer, you know, they listen to indie music, all of that, but then they bring in the traditionalism of faith elements, of spirituality, of recognizing the need to, um, the need to uh, have a service and to have community and to, and how that helps in the grieving process. And so this one's really unique in that sense of we haven't seen that in, um, in years past where a younger generation really more intuitively understands the value of a funeral. So, and again, I should point out the youngest people in this group was 35. And so when we say younger, we're not talking college kids and all of that. We're talking um, millennials. Mm. So People who would be expected to be a funeral consumer. Right, right. I think it's fascinating. And as you kind of go through those descriptions, even even the ones from the prior study, I, I, I can't help but just try to think of, classify, which one would I fall into in all that? And I mean, I, I, would, I would say I'm probably a blend uh, of several of them. Yeah. Well, we, what do you think? For you or for me? For you. Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, it's hard because being in the profession, we definitely have a skewed sense. Um, and so uh, I think for me personally, um, I, I fall into that, uh, the younger generation. And, you know, it's hard to say that before I was in the profession what I would be, but I definitely now would say that I fit more into that uh, future funeral 
category. So, but like we actually took a test, um, uh, our team, when we originally got this study and our answers were all over the place and we're like, I don't think that's us at all. Um, because it was, I think being in the profession gives us a little bit of a skewed perspective within that. How important is it for, to know what consumers exist in your community? Yeah. So again, it's, you know, we talked a lot about this in the last episode, but I think this is about ultimately serving your community and serving your families well. And I've never met a funeral director that didn't want to do that. And so now the difficulty of this is to do that well. You do have to put in the work. You have to read things like these reports that we're putting out. You have to study. You have to um, think through. And you can't have this mentality of, well, we've always done it that way. And so the risk is that when you do have that mentality or whenever you just say, I'm tired and I'm doing everything I can just to keep up and to serve my today's families well, well, I, I understand that and I get that and I can empathize with that. But whenever you don't put in the, the work and you don't put in the study, you risk not serving tomorrow's families well. So I think that's ultimately what it boils down to. The way to use this data is more from a business level and more from a strategic level. Um, and thinking about how do I serve my community well? How do I serve? How do I put together a marketing plan, a sales plan, a uh, an operational plan around these? Even thinking about you know recruiting and how do I bring more people into uh, more funeral directors into my funeral home? But what I don't think you can do with this is try to. Uh, pin everyone down into these into these segments and that no individual is going to fit perfectly into this segment you know it's these segments are not a crystal clear photograph they are more of this impressionist painting um they're they they are uh they're going to give you a sense of who the individual is but they're not going to be perfect and so just because someone uh is a free spirit doesn't mean that they automatically want a cremation they may want a burial Um, they may fit all the other elements but uh it's the the last thing you want to do is automatically make assumptions on who this person is everyone is unique their backgrounds are unique Um, so again this data is more about generalizations and giving us a sense of where we can focus our attention but i don't think it needs to be something that uh, uh, allows you to stereotype each individual person that's good advice. Um, let's talk again. We talked about it last episode, but let's let's talk again about how we can give access to to funeral directors to this information. Yeah. So we we summarized this study um, and put key findings and the takeaways that we had in the last episode, as well as all these segments in here. Um, and so uh, you can find it through pasari.com or funeraldirectorslife.com, um, but also we'll link it within the uh, notes of this uh, episode. And um, so you're able to download it directly from there. The other thing that I would add is, again, more from a business strategic standpoint, is that if you're interested in seeing uh, how does this, how do these segments fit within my local community, because what we provide is really at a national level. Um, but what we're able to do is we're able to take the study that we've conducted and pair it with localized data down to a zip code level. Um, and what we can show with that in, um, through, uh, in conjunction with McKee Wallwork is how do these specific segments break out within your local community? 
So there is a cost and a fee around that, but we'd love to talk with you and offer that as an opportunity for you just to, for a funeral home to get a greater sense of who their community is and how they can best serve them. Have you had, what kind of response have you had on it so far? Yeah, we've had great response. Um, so, uh, again, this, this study was conducted um, uh, 10 years ago, and so a lot of those original funeral homes wanted to see how have uh, how has my market shifted since we last conducted this. Um, so, But since then, we've had dozens of funeral homes sign up and uh, want to get it, and they all use it differently. Some are using this from a marketing strategy. Others are considering um, adding or acquiring a new location, and they want to better understand that market. Uh, you can use it in so many different ways. Josh, once again, I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about this at, at greater length. Uh, it's fascinating information. Uh, if you have any questions at all, you certainly can uh, reach out to me uh, at FDTalks at FuneralDirectorsLife.com, and I'd be happy to pass any questions that you have along to Josh. Uh, you can also reach Josh at, Josh, what's your email? Josh at Passari.com. Josh at Passari.com. And uh, thanks for watching. If you would like to reach out to us about this episode or this series, please visit us online at FuneralDirectorsLife.com forward slash FD Talks. There you can find information about this episode and submit any comments, suggestions, or feedback about our series. And we also welcome your ideas for future episodes. Join us next time on FD Talks as we explore ideas, insights, and solutions for serving families in a rapidly changing marketplace.